A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. Welcome to the MC Universe, where the Lorehounds, your guides to the multiverse and beyond. I'm David. I'm Jean. And I'm Alicia. And we're here to uncover the secret plots at play in our recap of Episode 2 of Marvel's Secret Invasion on Disney+. We'll talk you through the whole episode, pointing out things that you might have missed and throwing out theories about what it all means. And stay tuned until the end of the podcast for Comics Corner, where Jean and Alicia will get into comic book comparisons. Have the first two episodes been everything you wanted? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Email your secret invasion feedback and theories to mcu at thelorehounds.com or head over to our website at thelorehounds.com and use the contacts form or record us a voicemail we can include in the next episode. For ad-free versions for this and all of our podcasts, check us out at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. We are coming up on our one-year podcasting birthday, and we're kind of on a membership drive, and we would love to break 100 subscribers by the end of the month. And for everybody who is subscribed at the end of the month, we're going to send you a cool, nifty thank you gift. I'm going to have more information about that and other Patreon stuff at the end of the podcast, so stick around for that, as well as July programming notes. All of the podcasts that we've got running, we're going to get into a very busy month towards the end of the year, or the end of the month, uh, so stick around for all the news if you want to find out what's up. Finally, we'd be forever grateful if you could help us get more ears tuned in to the Lorehounds MC Universe. All you have to do is drop us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening. Apple Podcasts is especially helpful, even if it's just a few quick words. We read all the reviews, and they mean a lot to us. So let's get to our initial reactions for this second episode. For me, I really liked the tone in this episode. And the thing that really stood out to me um, personally was the handling of race. Um, It feels intentional. It feels purposeful. Uh, I really enjoyed um, some of the scenes. and how the back and forth between some characters um, played out, the conversations that they had. Um, so we'll get into that as we discuss it more. But I, I was a fan of this episode overall. Um, the, the tone that it set for me really hit. Alicia? 
Uh, yeah, for me, um, I mean, I heard a lot of people saying they like this better than the first one. For me, I would say it's the other way around, but, you know, I, I like them both. Um, this one felt to me like it's still putting the pieces into place, and there were some some oddly clumsy plotting and dialogue moments for me. Uh, yeah, I'm one, I agree. Yeah, I, I wonder how much had to do with, like, the fact, I know they had to do some rewrites due to the Ukrainian invasion. Um mm. So I like I think that's undercut some of perhaps the nuance that might have been in there and um and also yeah it's that's always an awkward situation um I, I am though I'm still intrigued about where it's going and yeah this episode let me do some fun sleuthing with a friend so that was that's kind of what I want from this uh, show so I'm looking forward to you know the back two thirds uh, what about you David what do you think. Yeah, I think um, I am with the the general agreement on this episode that it was uh, stronger than episode one. Mm. Um, yeah, Jean, I really picked up on the them leaning into questions of race and race politics. Uh, it was I, it was very intentional and it felt really well handled. That conversation with uh nick fury and colonel rhodes was really cool it was really interesting to see their dynamic at play and i just love um uh, that character of war machine and don Cheadle. i think is a he's one of my favorite actors so um i just love his he's just got a nice vibe to him like i like a kind of guy that i like want to hang out with or something you know um so yeah, I thought it was it was good. I thought I thought it moved the plot forward nicely. I mean, what do we we have eight episodes of this? Is that so no. six. six? So six. we've six. So we got a lot of work to do. I mean, we're a third of the way through, and we've got to really move this forward. So I felt yeah, like this one set stakes, you know, on the international scene. But yeah, Alicia, I agree with you. There was some funny plotting stuff, and and the. The when they're at uh, when they're in the flashback and they're getting the you know trying to uh, build their little coalition of scrolls, it, it just felt very fake and forced a little bit uh, and awkward. And there were some weird voice. Did you hear some weird voicing issues with um, with Nick Fury's voice um, with Samuel L. Jackson's voice? It was kind of mm -hmm. modulated in some way. Oh, I didn't notice it. I yeah, think, uh, in the flashback. Yeah, and then uh, the one other scene, there was just something a little weird, something off. It sounded digitalized, like he ran, mm. they, they ran his voice through uh, one of those um, auto harmonizer things. Um, like almost, it had that tinge to it. Okay, I thought I thought they did the de aging very well, though. At least you know visually. Um, yeah, I did not have that uncanny valley feeling on that de aging. I thought it, it it played out pretty well. Agreed. So I still don't like the the intro. No. Uh, I, I tried to watch it very carefully this time to see, okay, am I, do I have this AI bias or, you know, what's going on? I like the, the green color tones and I like a lot of the landscape stuff, but whenever they show a face or an eye, it has that real AI generated yeah. quality to it. And right. I, it, it really bothers me uh, from a artistic standpoint, not from an AI, you know, versus right. artist standpoint. But just from an, an aesthetic standpoint, I don't enjoy that those angular, weird shapes and stuff. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I like I like cubism. So, um, I, I you know I'm inclined to like it. Uh, but I think what I do like about it is that it 
it is uncanny and that's uh, sort of the point. So I appreciate it from that angle, you know, yeah, that's a good point that it makes me feel uncomfortable. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's fair enough. Jean, are you, do you feel like they handled the race stuff pretty well? I I was Um, curious because I felt like they navigated some very tricky waters and they delivered some very clear messages and I, I felt it was handled well. From the, from the flashback, I was just like, yeah, yeah, they're doing things here because, when Nick, you know, is appealing to them and saying, yeah. you know, you have to, you know, try to fit in and all of this. Yeah. And I understood Talos, you know, assume a, a, a white man as his right. subterfuge, right? Right. But they all did. Right. The whole right. room turned white. Right. Mm. You got to fit into Earth. The whole right. room turned white. Oh, well, power, yeah, into the power that, structures. That was. Oh, I didn't you know, even notice that. I didn't even think about that. That to me, I was just like, yeah, they they they're doing they're doing some things here on this show. They're what, trying to say some things here. And what um, is? Yeah. Did you um, also the setting in Brixton? You know, I have to say that I got this from mm. uh, heavy spoilers, but I know that there's that Brixton uh, in London. It's tied to a um, this. Uh, Windrush scandal, which is about uh, what's being how descendants of Jamaican immigrants are being handled. You know, legal residents of Britain uh, being sent back to Jamaica, um, and yeah, I think so. It, all all of that. That's a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't pick up on that um, yeah. at all. Yeah, I think Brixton no, it's, has. It's, it, it took a Brit to tell me that, but yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, maybe some of our Brit listeners can write in because I know that Brick, Brixton, I, I believe, I, I, it's my understanding that there's a lot of racial politics uh, around the communities there because a lot of immigrant and English subjects, right, British subjects live there, but who are come who who descend from other places from from before. So, uh, yeah. So you know, just that that scene, and we don't see graphic you know, change in that moment. Like he's the only one that didn't. Um, yeah. But we know that he, he takes on a, a, a black man as, as his persona, um, which kind of, of leads me to see, you know, while everyone else looked towards Talos, maybe he looked towards Nick Fury. And mm-hmm. that is in part why he is so, Bent angry. and angry yeah. and upset yeah. at Nick Fury, particularly, but the situation yeah. in general. Right. And the one other person we didn't see turn in that scene, yes. but we know yes. later takes on like a, a, a black woman human yeah. avatar is Vara, who at the yes. end is called Priscilla. Yes. And yeah. I thought it was very interesting because when she came on screen as a scroll, I was like, "Oh, that's a black actress." You know, yeah. I I, I, mm. sat, I could I, well, I it, I was guessing from her tone of voice and some of her her mannerisms. I was like, "Oh, a, a black actress. That's cool, right?" You know, that I had no idea that th- this was all at play. So, so I was just thinking about the actors. I wasn't thinking about the subtext of this storyline. So I I really appreciated that that part. And and to your um, earlier statement, the conversation between Nick Fury and Rhodey was um, phenomenal because because of the the race politics that we don't get in most TV shows. Like you get you have, um, I think it was Falcon and, and Winter Soldier uh-huh. tried to do a little bit about that. Yeah, 
Right. But mm-hmm. they were mostly concerned with the overall geopolitics. It, okay. it wasn't really, they didn't really have a, a connection. It didn't make that connection to me that this one particular scene and secret um, invasion did. Um, when he and Rhodey are going back and forth and they're talking about, you know, power and, and what it means and what our ancestors and, and the generations before us fought for to be in these positions. Um, how do you wield that power? What's your debt that you owe um, yeah. to those coming behind you? These are real conversations that people have. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, we have these conversations at, at work. You have these conversations at home. You have these conversations um, on the street outside. Uh, so it was really great to see, especially because the 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 one character, the one black character in the MCU that we know integrally about their political beliefs is Black Panther, uh-huh. which is a totally different, right. totally different worldview. Right, where you have a a nation that has never been conquered. Um, mm-hmm. their worldview is totally different from someone who is African-American. Right. Right. Power means something totally different to a monarch than it does to someone who came from enslaved peoples. Right. <laughs> you know? So they, to me, that scene did so much um, because I went back and I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, we celebrated Black Panther because of he, he was, you know, badass and that final scene where he tells Cap, let them come. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it pans out and you see the huge Panthers jugging, jutting out of the, the, the jungle. And as a black person, I'm like, yeah, this is, this is the shit. This is what, right. this is what I'm talking about. Let right. these, you know, European conquerors and invaders come. <laughs> it, it, yeah. They, they're going to get what they never got in real life. Right. Mm-hmm. This scene here hit closer to home because it's so much more real mm-hmm. than, that fantasy and black people. Right, right. Right. It was very real politic. Uh, real Carl politics. Rhodes was, re- I'm a representative of the, go- of the government here, right? I'm inside. I have a voice. I have power within the structures of power. And you're asking me to throw that away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're asking me to f- askew all of that. Right. The, the, the struggles that my people have fought to get me into this position. Mm-hmm. You're asking me to throw all of that away mm-hmm. because you're black. Mm-hmm. Right. Help a brother out. Right. right? <laughs> that was a because, great line. Because you're black. Yeah. Can I, can I actually do that? People mm-hmm. have those conversations. Mm. Mm. This, yeah. is not, then, this is not foreign. This is not fake. And then when you backdrop it against what's going on with the scrolls and um, conversation on the train, about, you know, hey, we're we're being hunted and persecuted and we need a safe refuge. What did you want me to do? Right? You know, where was I supposed to tell people to go? How right. was I supposed to save my, you know, and we deal with that a lot in the MCU is a lot of um a lot of people who have been or you know in, in science fiction in general, uh there's a, there's a storyline of oh, the last of this one. I think what's the um, the Lasat character in uh Rebels in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, why am I blanking his name? I, I always do this. Zeb. Zeb, thank you. Zeb. Zeb. He's, you know, they have to do a whole homeworld search thing and there's only a few of them left and stuff. So 
yeah, it's a it's a, a common storyline, but then when you take that storyline and then you back it up against what they're intentionally doing in this show, this show is really leaning into some stuff. Uh, yeah, it is. And and I go back to to what we talked about um, last week when I said, you know, Nick is no Paul Robeson. He is a creature of he's, he's the government, man. You know, he used these these people. Right. He used this this entire, you know, this group of people of, of, of shapeshifters who, who were looking, who were desperate. And he said, you know, you help me and then I'll help you. But um, then isn't is, like, sorry, go ahead. No, go, go. I was just going to say, but isn't like Rhodey the government and, and Fury's like the rogue agent? But that's that's the beauty of, of, of this the episode. Nuance. Because, yeah. yes, it just throws, it's like a, a back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. And as a black person, you have to shift. You have to go back and forth. You have to be all things at all t- at any one particular moment. Right. You, you have to be a chameleon. Code switching, yeah. You, you have to, right? Yeah. So, especially in those types of environments, it, it's part of it's part of the job. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. and and it's inherently it, it's sick, right? But mm. that's what you have to do. So yeah. you have Nick Fury, who is a badass black man, right? But at the same time. He's a total tool of the government, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and he's telling you know this these this group of really desperate people, hey, I got your back, but you got to help me out first. Don't yeah. worry about it. And that's yeah. So we got we got the first the first of the title uh, of the episode was promises, and the first promise right. was that one he makes in that ninety seven flashback. He says just. Basically, he's asking them just like, just hide who you are, you know, and be my spies. Right. And then I'll help you. And then it's like, oh, and then he wonders X number of years later why, where they learned to be sneaky spies. Like you literally right. gave them <laughs> right. that assignment. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's, that's not anything new to the scrolls. That's not, let me not. Right. Because uh, I think we, we, we that's should. That's in put, their regular bag of tricks. Yeah. Let's, right? let's put that to rest. These, these, these guys, this was a, a, a warring, conquering nation. There was a Skrull empire that went to war with the Kree empire. So they're not, you know, some, you know, peace and and lilies type of of race, right? They they are a a conquering, spacefaring war is not something that is new to them. Right. right? Interesting. Well, and that's when, well, we should save some of this, I suppose, for when we get to these different scenes. And Anything the last else thing we wanna... yeah, yeah, the last thing that scene with with Talos and and Nick on the train, uh-huh. where it boils down to they're back and forth, and Nick is telling you know Talos about you know growing up in the segregated South, and yeah, oh right, I forgot about that the little right. story that was really powerful. And it is really powerful, but what's even more powerful is, is what Nick says to him at at the end. Uh huh. This this planet can't handle two species. No, right. Yeah, no, that was uh yeah. oof. I, I did not I like handle that. two species. <laughs> right. It's rich. We can barely handle yeah. one. Yeah. We can't uh, even handle one. Right. And then of course, yeah. I mean, there's already multiple species living on the planet. Uh right. Like, what about the Asgardians? What about, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, there's a lot going whole, on in Earth. Yeah. There's a whole lot going on. So when he says that, that's really loaded. Right. Yeah. Because as you said, 
We can't. The Asgardians are chilling somewhere in yeah. Scandinavia, oh, God. and they even yeah. have they even have some shape shifting elves. Apparently, we yes. learned in uh, yes, and she. Oh man! So, what's Nick Fury really talking about? That this yeah. planet can't handle two species. Are right. we, what kind of species are we talking about? That's what he's saying. And then he's literally mm-hmm. married to one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So there's dimensions within dimensions here. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, so they, well, so on uh, that level, I think that yeah. the, the show is driving at something very cool that I wasn't expecting because I was just expecting uh, some spy noir yeah. spy stuff. But here we are. We're actually lifting up the cover on some very important issues that don't in tell in this kind of television don't get head on addressed. Or right. like you said with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, they sort of skirt the line of it and and at least in that show it felt a little ham fisted. Yes, it did. Uh, even when they were were dealing with it. Where this there's a lot of nuance at and multiple levels. And You're I gonna say something, Alicia. Go Sorry. ahead. Go ahead, Alicia. Oh no, I was just gonna ask if um speaking of the wife, if so when I did a rewatch of the show, I was thinking in that very first flashback scene I already get like these vibes, like just the way she talks to him about Gravik and stuff. I'm like, they, these two, they've been working together closely the last mm. two years, maybe even already have an intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. Like there's just the way the intimacy, like the ease there, the way, you know, it's, this is a trusted confidant speaking to me. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if she turns out to be something Something. Oh, okay. All right. So, are you, are you saving that for the comic book corner, or are we just going to keep a lid on this "quote unquote" something? Yeah, yeah, we'll get to, oh, she, to that. She go. has. Yeah. She has a. I don't know if I trust her. No. Okay. All right. No. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's probably uh, switch gears here and get into the episode review right. proper. Alicia, um, thanks for doing the notes on this episode. Do you want to run us through the episode by episode or the episode by episode, the the scene by scene uh, of uh, the episode? Yeah. uh, Yeah. So we we began with that flashback of of Captain Marvel. And obviously a lot of people were, uh, when Twitter worked, people were like, why are we doing this flashback in the second episode? But I guess it's because it leads directly into that 97 scene that we've been talking about set in Brixton. Yeah. and yeah, so we get uh, we get Vara with baby Gravik. We get to see uh, baby Gaia, and you know we get her mom Soren, R.I.P. Uh, right. We get to be reminded of what her human form looks like. Um, but yeah, okay, Jean, I have a question for you. Yes. Do you know? Uh, do scrolls have like a default human form they can just take without no. having to look at someone? No. So. All of those people must have like just recently seen someone who looked like the people they were copying. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because it seems like they can just like like Ben Mendelsohn, you know, he can become that pretty blonde lady on the train, and then he can just like go back to being Ben Mendelsohn. I think he's what they have to do is have that image. Okay. In their mind, and then that image comes out. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so they would he would have to seen not exactly that woman, but someone similar to that woman, if not that woman exactly. Yeah, no, but I mean, just the fact that he can always refer, revert back to this uh, Ben Mendelsohn character. Even That's his choice. Having, yeah. That's okay. his choice. But it's just like an image he has really well planted in his mind, so he can right. just use it right. whenever. Okay, right. okay. 
All right. Yeah, I, I have to say, like I said at the the top, um, the bricks. This Brixton scene was the weakest of the dialogue and the the acting for me. Uh, yeah, and it's just sort of the most awkward. Uh, you know, I get all the setup stuff, but I just felt yeah that that this was where the show shifted tonally. I was I was thinking to myself, oh no, this is going to be another kind of mediocre episode. But then the episode picked up uh, speed and a lot more strength, I think, when we you know, dealt with the international aspects of it. Okay. But uh, yeah, and, and I get why they had to do this scene. I just felt it for me. It was a little bit, eh. it was a little, you know, not, not the strongest that they could have done. Right. All right. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Then we, we flash forward to um, the bombing aftermath. And then, yeah, I guess this is where things get right back into the action. Um, and yeah, I had to watch this scene a few times because it was, it, it was confusing at first. So we have Talos, he's in disguise as someone else, takes Fury away from um, Maria, but I guess Fury must know it's him somehow, he, or he's just in shock because he kind I, of puts up no fight other than- That's what of, I took away, was that he was yeah. in shock. And otherwise, why isn't he kicking this guy's ass from exactly. here to Sunday? Yeah. Yes. And he's just kind of like looking back at Maria's body. Yeah. Yeah, that was like, I mean, uh, uh, she was his most trusted confidant right? and protege in many but ways. But I have right? I have questions about who took Maria's body and where, because I'm still in, on uh, the Maria's not dead train. <laughs> switcheroo? <laughs> little switcheroo know. time? Yeah. Yeah, and then at the same time as we have this going on, we have the guy who's screaming, I'm an American, over and over. He is the scroll that we saw back in like the warrior's room um, at New oh. Scrollos last episode that yes. we saw take over that guy, so... Um, so the, he took over a human named John Brogan, which is why they call him Brogan later in the episode. But then he's posing as a guy named Martin Wallace, who's the head of the Americans Against Russia group that they're trying to say did this bombing. Wow, that makes a lot more sense now. I was thinking this guy, I'm an American. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> but also like... I, at first, I was like, oh, man, Americans would so do that. Don't do that. That's going to make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But now that makes sense. Oh, wow. Okay, so thanks for doing the detective work on that. That that clears up. Because uh, he kept saying it over, even when yeah. the, his last thing before yeah. they shut the van door was, I'm, I'm an American. American. Yeah, as soon as he said it, it was just like, Sorry, yeah, this guy's a scroll. He, he was, <laughs> like, the, first, the first iteration of I'm, I'm an American, I'm like, yeah, I know who you are, buddy. I Got know it. who you are. All right, so that's actually some decent writing that they didn't have to. I, I'm used to this show telling me a lot more, and I guess that didn't come through for me on that on that level because I'm trained for the MCU to have, even if there's a twist, it's it's a very simple twist that I can I can quickly go, oh, okay, yeah, I can see da da da. So, yeah, yeah, um, and then yeah, and then we we cut to the train ride that we've talked a bit about. Um. And yeah, again, uh, we have like Talos as this Russian woman bringing up the rarity of a black man in Russia. So this is clearly <laughs> something something they want on our minds. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I do have questions about like how scrolls use language because here it seems presumably that was a Russian actress. So they just had her speak Russian. But then later, we'll talk about later when Gaia is speaking Russian on the phone and um I sent it to some Russian friends and apparently her Russian's very not good. So <laughs> <laughs> still an LA based production, right? Yeah. yeah. Are like our scrolls supposed to just automatically be able to pick up languages of people yes. they copy? 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. I guess if they can like get in their minds, then. because they get the they get the memories of the people that they copy, and everything that comes along with those memories. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah, we got some lovely like backstory finally on Fury, where he talks about riding in the colored car and the Alabama train, which first of all made me wonder like how old is he and second of all oh my god how recent is that um and yeah, yeah. for for fury is is right it's it's in his lifetime right so yeah 1950s, exactly. yeah before 65 yeah. <laughs> before yeah i think uh, i think we so. we uh, as a, uh, our american culture and uh, being a you know you know, middle-class American male and just living in the milieu that I'm in, the amount of stuff that we get thrown at ourselves these days uh, in terms of media, news, and entertainment podcasts, um, <laughs> all of it, a lot of that washover, for me, this is my experience, is I tend to forget these things, or, or even if I do know about them or I'm vaguely aware of them, what was the um, in HBO with the Watchmen with the uh, Tulsa bombing? I was vaguely aware of it, but I didn't. It was never taught. It was never talked about. If right. I ever did get encountered with that history, there's just a flood of of constant information, and you know, oh, got to buy this, go see this movie, got to wear those clothes. So our culture serves to not uh, have us connect to our own American roots. But um, yeah. But then, and so, so you see, you see it being outright outlawed to teach these things in school yes, right now. And yeah. like I learned, I've learned more from popular television and from my family stories than I learned about real American history, like internment camps, Native American history, uh, you know, things like yeah, the Tulsa bombing, uh, the Tulsa uh, massacre. massacre. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think those again, and and this is why I appreciate this 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 TV show. Um, because it, it's bringing out that, what you guys have just said. Because yeah. for me, I'm never divorced from those realities. Right. Mm. Right. I, I, I don't have a choice. Mm. Right. So I'm watching this stuff play on screen. And I'm like, you know, I remember that, what, that Watchmen's episode and the aftermath of it. And mm -hmm. like, people were like, mm -hmm. oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, I yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is not new. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, how did we not know? Because mm. you didn't need to know, right? You, you, you know, as a white person living in America, you are, you know, shielded from the realities mm -hmm. of what America has been, right? Yeah, so, right. I am very appreciative of shows that try to inject this reality um, and mindset. And just giving us a, a different way to to view Americanness, and I think um, this you know particular episode, like I said, I, I just love the the, the treatment yeah. of, of the race uh, yeah. um, conversation and how it's not about you know we often see it played out in a ways how do black people fit next to white people? This mm -hmm. is not that right. Yeah. This is not for the white eyes, for the white mm -hmm. gaze, right? right? This is a conversation that's happening that black people have. And mm -hmm. if you're not black, now you're just in on a little sliver of that conversation. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it wasn't, it's not being done in a way to, you know, to show white America. This is just 
Yeah, regular you just want to assume, conversation. Go ahead, Alicia. Yeah, I was to say you have to assume that uh, having Samuel Jackson as a producer, um, mm-hmm. that he's had Absolutely. some influence on this. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Definitely. And then I was going to say too, with this this part of the script, they spent a good chunk of time having him recount that story yeah. and really yeah. living it for us, mm-hmm. so that we. F- could smell the chicken and we could feel the swaying of the car if we're, yeah. you know, if we were, yeah. you know, in touch with what's going on in the show. And for them to devote that much time to a six episode run, that's a big chunk of time. And so, like yeah. you said, Alicia, that to have him be in the executive producer, and I don't know who else is involved in the story writing, but that's a significant um, uh, effort into telling us something. And I really appreciated the quality of it. Because it served as a plot device to have an authentic, and, yes. you know, hey, let's let's get down to truths here, you and me, Talos, and let's talk about some real shit. Because uh, I'm a little bit upset, and I need to know what's going on. And so he used that story as the 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 key to sort of unlock the space for that conversation. And I felt that that was a really nice bit of writing. Yeah. I didn't feel the hand of the writer forcing the plot forward. But I felt the, the plot you know for, character. I I felt the characters doing what they would do in the moment, and that yeah. is, I really appreciate that quality of writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So you yeah. know, to all the writers out there on strike, thank you for writing. <laughs> right, yes. thank Absolutely. you for being good yes. writers because yes. this yes. is not yes. AI bullshit. This is real writing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I do have to give you know we've knocked uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier a little bit, but I do have to give I do have to give one credit is just the concept of seeing um of of seeing Sam struggle uh, with the idea yes. of like can yes. I represent this nation America. as a black mm-hmm. man, and I think that that is something that was a wake up call for a lot of people that I know seeing that story play out. Mm. There's a lot of discussion about that, so I just wanted to. You know, since we knocked it a few times, it was clumsy. Yeah. <laughs> was I had a lot of hopes for that. Yeah, yeah, that was my look. favorite storyline, and yeah. I was really yeah. looking forward to it. I, yeah. I chalk it up to the pandemic mess, like that book of Boba <laughs> Fett, the last two episodes of Wheel of Time. <laughs> I could see Jean grimacing. <laughs> you know, you know me and Mackie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Love Anthony Mackie. Um, yeah, and then so we also get to hear uh, we get to hear Fury's nice little backstory playing Doctor with Susie. Uh, yes. But this is <laughs> this is how he uses it to like kind of smoothly transition into right. the something. Tell me something I don't know game. Yeah, yeah. And so he starts like playing the some tell me something I don't know game with Te- Talos and finds out that there are a, at least a million scrolls on Earth. Um, and yeah, we later learned some landed as much as 15 years ago. So that can't be like that blip theory we were thinking, although maybe more came um, because that's, yeah, Rhodey found them 15 years ago. Um, yeah. And, and Fury snaps back with the host gets to set the terms of visitation, <laughs> yeah. which seems fair. But then he says humans won't make room for another species as Jean brought up. So that, yeah, I found that. It- and then when you bring in the whole Asgardian thing, uh, yeah. it's like, wait a minute, dude, what's uh, what's up? I don't know where these fall drop on the timeline properly. Um, well, uh, wait, when Asgard came, I mean, yeah. it wasn't. It was it like was, before um, Ragnarok, just before the Blake, just before the right. uh, snap. Okay, right. So there's already does, d- but Fury has to know that, right? He's been around, even though he's in space. He knows. Yeah, yeah. He, knows. he knows. He knows, which makes the the statement even more callous. 
yeah, yeah. And, and more truthful and more purposeful and more hurtful mm-hmm. to hear him say it. And that's why, like, it feels like there's been a, a lot of callousness with certain characters. Like, we'll get into it with Rhodey, but um, I don't know. That's why my my scroll sensors, like, I, I thought they were pointing too much at Fury being a scroll, but now I'm like, I don't know. Just as the like that was the difference for me that made me immediately know that Agent Ross was a scroll. I was like, he's just a bit too callous for mm, the way he normally is. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, so we we find out that um that when Scrollos, the planet was destroyed, um, a bunch of scrolls ended up in Emperor Drogue's colony. Yeah, um, I heard that name drop. What's do you up think with that? that was well we'll yeah, we'll get into that in the comic book corner <laughs> a little bit. Okay. But did you but do you think like so? We, he started this colony, the Emperor, and then apparently a bunch of scrolls left and came to Earth instead. So, like, what kind of place do you think his colony is? Well, that's that's the the thing that I want um, folks to to keep in mind is that the the scroll Empire was not you know some again it's not some, loving, you know, yeah. utopia right you right know? so they were as far as comics go they were very much um a pro uh expansion <laughs> a pro expansionist um culture okay um whatever take that for all the things that you're thinking of when i right. say pro expansionist right. culture right so um i can see with a home world their home world being destroyed and a new colony being set up saying okay this is where we're going to be that there would be a significant portion of the the society that would say you know what it's been a, a couple of hundred thousands of years of doing the same bullshit we out mm-hmm. yeah, let's go let's go somewhere else we out oh mm-hmm. there's somewhere else we can go to okay cool let's go so right. i can see that happening yeah right yeah and i think this is again where i'm appreciating the show on this other level is that uh as you say the the scrolls aren't it's not some hippie colony where they're all into flower power and stuff. They're an active, normal species, I guess, in the world, right? There's expansionist right. Ten- tendencies. They want to probably protect their resources. They want to, you know, there's some real politic involved here in terms of, hey, that planet over there is too close to our border, so y'all need to push back, or, hey, we want this resource over here, so we're going to take it. That's not, that. I mean, within a human experience, that's a normal uh, pattern of behavior for our species. Right. And so the fact that the scrolls aren't innocent and, and total victims says something about what the writers are thinking about in terms of this um, multiple level stuff. Uh, and, uh, it's, this isn't an innocent and a bad person, you know, uh, oppressing them. This is uh, nations at war. Right. And, do, and, and both sides, you know, multiple sides are doing multiple things. And, and we have to... We have to thread through these questions and think about these things very carefully. I mean, could graphic just be reverting to form? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like let's, you know, let's conquer this shit. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> you know, well, they have a, they do. have a title called uh, a scroll or general scroller or scroll general, right? right. That, that yeah. exists as a concept and a, uh, 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 an organizing principle within scroll society that exists. They understand what that means. And are are and then that now organize. It's an organizing principle within the society that didn't come from nowhere, right? Right. right? That has to be right. embedded in the cultural knowledge, and, right? And well, I mean, yeah, we we also ahead, have sure. that. Well, not just like it, it just strikes me 
You know, I keep, I say that the scrolls seem more callous, but it just strikes me how like us they are. Mm. Right. I, you know, that's a good point. And I think it's because these particular scrolls that we've been introduced to have had a chance to become more human because they've been here. But I just mean that like, we also have our our expansionist and have generals and, you know, uh, are warmongering as a race. As a <laughs> that, that, is true. <laughs> that is true. Um, well, it's, it's hard. I think that's where you get in it, with it, with science fiction, uh, go back to the old uh, Star Trek uh, show. I think they're, they're pushing boundaries a little bit in terms of visual with the newer stuff, but even in the old stuff, this is, these are all aspects of humanity that right. we can play out because we can't imagine what a methane bore, bore you know, a, a methane breathing, organism is going right. to be like what their right. culture is going to be what their cultural Gassy. values are going to be yeah <laughs> yes <Gassy. laughs> so uh, so real quickly just yeah. another uh, a thing on on the scrolls um society and in the comics they're also a very religious mm. interesting um, society okay. culturally mm-hmm. they have a, a set of you know they have a belief system that they have priests, priestesses, um, all sorts of gods that they, you know, revere and prophecies that they, you know, look to um, to tell them that, you know, this is where we should be, which which, which was what led to the initial um, secret invasion uh, story in 2008. Okay. That right. was part of the entire uh, story. So... We haven't seen that part of the scrolls in the show, that part of their their society in the show, and I'm wondering if they will, in fact, um, show that that part of of scroll society. Right. So interesting. The scene ends with Fury kicking Talos out of the train in the middle of Russia like a freaking child. <laughs> Close scene. That was pretty funny. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> At least he can shapeshift, right? And speak Russian. Right, so. yeah. Assume he's got a credit card, platinum level credit card to buy himself a ticket or something. Uh, the guy's been a spy for the last 40 years. Yeah. He won't have problems. He's probably been in more situations, but exactly. still, it's just like, come on, just at least go sit in another car. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised he, he took yeah. it too. Talos was like, okay, I'm all right. See you later. So. I mean, the, the guy just told you, you know, your species can't be here. This yeah, is the guy that this is the guy that you you look to as like a a friend, maybe even mm-hmm. family. Yeah, and true. He, and you told him that my people are desperate. What do you want us to do? And he's like, right. I don't care. You can't be here. Like, you tell me to get off the train. I'm. I, I don't want to talk to you, bro. I'm out. <laughs> okay. In cool. that. That has an extra sting to it because of the whole train story from the beginning when yes, he tells right. him that he yes. used to have to ride in the colored car. In the back, yes. And you got to, sorry, dude, you got to bounce. because You got to bounce here. with no hint of irony. With no, no scroll car on this train. <laughs> no, no, get out. Yeah. Because you're not you human. You might have to sit in it too. Yeah. You're not human. Get out. Crazy. Mm. All right. Get well, should we... Should we take a a break? And then uh, when we get back, we will get into the rest of the episode. Okay. 
All right. And we're back. Alicia, you want to pick us up where we left off in the episode? Yeah. So we returned to London with Maria's body, um, maybe dead or alive. We'll see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, she was returned with military honors. And uh, we find out later, Rhodey had to call in some favors to make it happen. So I just have a lot of questions about like the chain of possession of this body between the square and this coffin scene here. Um, I also think it's interesting. They introduce us to her mom, Elizabeth, who's blaming Fury for what happened. Uh, not incorrectly completely, but also, you know, not completely fair. And um, yeah, she says, don't let it be for nothing. So this better, she better be alive because otherwise that was the most fridging line I've ever heard fridged. Like, yes. don't let it be for nothing. Yes. yes, that, when she said that, like you, I said, man, if by the end of this series, I don't see a Maria Hill somewhere, either in space or yeah. in some form, what, shape or yes, other. Yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> just by the it's like they're aware of the conversation. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Like they're aware of what her death at that point would mean. So yeah. we should probably asterisk the whole fridge conversation just for folks who aren't uh, big in the oh. comic book world that, uh, that to fridge a character means to put them in a refrigerator or in some sort of side place and then to thaw them out later and reintroduce them into the storyline. Well, uh, it's not too, even, no. It's to, um, it's when you, you kill a character off. Uh -huh. And so in this, in, in the original like comic book where it was used, they were, the, um, girlfriend was put in an actual refrigerator, right, but right. it's, uh, her dead body, but it's to kill a character off, uh, and oh, to then kill use, them. Right. Yeah. Yes, to use yes. that as motivation to, uh, for another character to like, oh, well now I have a reason to, to really revenge. try. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's always, but then they bring them back later. No, no. Oh, a fridge, per, a fridge character no. doesn't get brought back. No. no. Yeah. No. Oh. They're dead. So like their purpose so. was to motivate another, their purpose oh. was to die and motivate another character. I had a different better. understanding. Okay. My, yeah. okay. Wow. There you go. Well, I'm glad we had this conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's funny. I, I wonder too, you know, there's a, so there's this term fridging. Um, there's a, you know, the term jumping the shark. I wonder how many people mm. actually seen where jumping the shark actually comes from i've seen i've seen pictures from happy days of it i, right, I watched yeah. happy days but i don't i probably watched that episode but i don't really remember <laughs> it, it was pretty it was really bad Hen, henry yeah. winkler uh as the fonzarelli as fonzarelli uh water skiing over a shark <laughs> it was bad so. terrible so if if she is not alive then my, I'm so I'm still going with LMD possibility, but okay. maybe like we could have a Project Tahiti situation, you know. Sorry, Agents oh. of Shield spoiler for like the early seasons. <laughs> right. This yeah. is how Coulson was brought back the first time. Um, involved some Cree blood. Uh, we already, yeah, the Cree are the mortal enemies of the scrolls. So, I don't know. Just sorry. Just what during, is LMD? Is uh, that it's a, a decoy? Life yeah, model a robot, decoy. Basically. Oh, basically a robot. Okay. Uh, Look-alike robot. Right. So this, for me, when you when you take a character out like this, uh, I think there, I, I would, I would definitely have to go with there is some. They're winking at us, right? They're letting us know this isn't a real death. There's you know something going on. But when you do <laughs> this, I really want writers and and showrunners to be careful because it's it's a cheap. Mm -hmm. technique and a cheap ploy agree 
so I, I will be paying attention to see, uh, assuming that they're going to bring her back, how they're going to do it. And if it's going to be a simple hand wavy, oh, she was a robot all the time. Ah. Mm. Or right. no, uh, there is some more deeper structural stuff going on. This, you know, some sort of intentional plot, whatever. I, I, I don't want it to be a simple hand wave. I want it right. to, to be meaningful to the story in some way, shape or form. Yeah. I, that's the hope. That's the hope. Right. I mean, at the, at the very least, I assume we're going to be seeing more of her mother because, you know, we have this interaction between her and Fury. And then Fury, he, he tells her the truth because she's like, I'm sick of all these military mm-hmm. people lying to me about what really happened. So Fury tells her the truth um, and tells her, you know, that she, her daughter was basically killed to punish him. And you have to wonder if that's going to backfire later or if that's earned him some trust with her that she's going to help out at some key point. But what if she's a definitely, scroll? maybe she's another scroll. <laughs> well, yeah, well, we don't know in this Scrolls whole series. all the way down. Yeah, what if she's a scroll? She <laughs> says it's your fault. What if she's yeah. a scroll meant to get into Fury's head? Hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I can see her just being an angry mother, too. <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, and then we get this This scene's followed by the news report where we, we get a bunch of name drops there that end up becoming important when we get that Scroll Council meeting in a minute. Um, so we meet, yeah, we learn that Martin Wallace was that um, supposed to be the leader of the AAR, Americans Against Russia, and that's a scroll we saw from the last episode. Um, we, who is later called Brogan in the torture uh, scenes. And then we have Pamela Lawtu, who's the prime minister of the UK. Oh, I'll find out she's also on the scroll council. Uh, Sergio Caspani, the NATO secretary general, also on the scroll council. And um, yeah, and we also get the, this FXN news anchor. Uh, apparently his name's Chris Stearns. He's played by Christopher McDonald. Um, also on the scroll council. And we find out that the Kremlin has, the Kremlin says the U.S. has declared war. And, um, and this uh, Fox, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to call it a Fox News anchor, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind, of, that kind of annoys me because he declares BS on the U.S. being involved, calling it a false flag operation. And I hate to see them make the Fox News parody be correct. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and it's still spot on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Still spawn on, unfortunately, for us in this real world. I, I do appreciate the, the fact that for these key leadership positions, these key lo- global leadership positions, they didn't play it out for very long. No. Right? They, they gave us the necessary setup. It, it served the function of the plot to, oh, the world is you know, upset about all this stuff. And then, boom, hey, all these people are scrolls. Okay, great. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, I think this show sh- nice. They didn't. They yeah. didn't try to play that out too long. Right. Right. I think the show only shows us necessary characters. So I think mm-hmm. that if they take a time to pause on a character, we mm. should consider what role they're going to be playing. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, and then we get that um, guy and Gravit car ride, um, and I'm just yeah. The I think like one of the central questions of this episode is like, what is the nature of their relationship? Like we saw mm-hmm. them together as kids. He seems relaxed around her here, but it's obvious by the end he's like very much not trusting her. Um, but yeah, he says to he says to Gaia that uh, Fury is an empty old vessel of his former self, uh, which yeah, of course, um, Gravik ages much more slowly as a scroll, 
And yeah, and but he didn't kill him because you don't punish a man by giving him what he wants, which is a great line. Mm. What did yeah? What did you I, uh, think of? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, um, guy, uh, she she confounds me. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm really uh, I'm I'm digging you know Amelia Clark's acting. Like I, I think she's doing a great job, and yeah. it, it's a uh, credit to her that. Gaia confounds me, right? <laughs> okay. Because um, while I understand the reasons that she is doing what she's doing, right? I still am not sure that I totally get the reason that she's doing what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Because... I understand she's been, she's disaffected. It's almost like a, a, a teenager who is, you know, lashing out at her parents, right? Saying, you know, you can't control me. You can't, you can't tell me what to do with my life type of, of thing. That's how I feel about it. But she, yeah. I don't think she's even a teenager in, in scroll years. Okay. Right. So, I'm struggling to understand how her her mom and her her father were and are dedicated um, to something totally else, right? That she would be okay with the killing of people so haphazard. Like, yeah, it's fine. We're just gonna blow up some humans. It's okay. Like, <laughs> I, I I just don't get where she went. What turned her into that? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I'm waiting is, to figure that, that out. Is she that though? Because I I don't know. Like, what game is she playing? I this episode gave me a lot of questions on that front. Like, but whose she, side is she on? I think now, yes, she. We can say okay, she's starting to question, right? But she mm-hmm. knew what the plan was, and she was okay yeah. with the plan. Yeah. Right. She was f- totally cool with it. Yeah, like she yeah, she was willing to to go and and but then and last episode does. she suddenly flips and gives her dad a bunch of you know intel right so it it's to me this is one area notwithstanding the actors and their portrayals but in terms of the plotting this feels a little thin it, it feels well, a little bit basic in terms of oh I I disagree. Okay, I think great. it's I think it's <laughs> cool. the I think it's the opposite of that. I think this okay. is the, that she's the most nuanced, strong character, and she did she gave her dad intel, but then it turns out that it was um it was you know designed to mislead him because right. she told him about the packs and all the packs were empty, so they were just uh, that's true. Just distracting the wrong that's true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. yeah, I, I mean, but I do have some you know as we get into her activities this episode, you know, I have some questions about whose side she's on. I think her own side, she, she wants to know things, uh, but right. I don't know. I, I, it, hmm? yeah, I just, I just don't know. Like for me, I, I want to know what thing or things have led her down this path that she's currently on. Right. Yeah. I hope right. we get more backstory for her. That, and that's what I, yeah. yeah, basically that's what I need. I need more backstory from her. Because I just don't, yeah, it just seems really strange to me that she would align herself with, you know, 
graphic in this way, um, maybe there's an attraction. Maybe it's, you know, uh, uh, something to just throw off the shackles of her, you know, family ties. Maybe it's because she feels like she wants to be, you know, a person who doesn't have to hide who she really is in, in this world that she's been doing for her almost entire life. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's looking at, and I just don't know what it is. I'm questioning what is driving her um, mm, right. to this point. Um, what has driven her to the point where she is dropping off bombs. Right. And not at, you know, soldiers who are trying to kill them, but at people who are celebrating in a square. Right. Mm-hmm. What caused her to to be okay with that? Right. To the point where that, you know, afterwards, you know, she's investigating and doing all this sleuthing around, um, to take a word from Alicia's earlier, right? <laughs> but to that point, what gave her the clarity to be okay with this plan? Right. Mm. I need to know. All right. Um, so, yeah, when we get to the actual council meeting, Gaia, she's uh, she wants to go in. So uh, this is why I have some <laughs> questions about her motivation. But she's asked to wait outside as the muscle, you know, handed the gun, <laughs> shoot him if uh, I'm not out in an hour. And um, inside we see, yeah, we see again the UK prime minister, the NATO secretary general, who's like NATO's usually very anti-Russia. Uh, we have the FXN newscaster and two new people. So we have Shirley Sagar, uh, who's the lone holdout of this meeting. And we have another, This the Asian man doesn't say a word, but in the credits, he's uh, Jack Hyuk Bin. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming these two people are at the table. Obviously, Shirley's going to be important. I'm assuming we're going to see something from Jack as well. Um, and we find out that Gravik actually wasn't invited, but it sounds like the the prime minister, Pamela, invited him Um and yeah, um, I think it's funny, like, didn't he just replace Talos and the council? Um, <laughs> but now they're having a meeting about how he's like out bombing places. And yeah, this is where for me, the plotting was a little wonky. Like, okay, why? Yeah, he was now they're, they're having the meeting. But then um, we have the, the people there like Sergio doesn't want to go along with it. Pamela is the only one who outright says no. All all it requires is like a karate chop to Sergio's <laughs> neck. And then everyone's like, yeah, okay, you're right. We should just totally give all power to Gravik. Um, and they made a point about that, or uh, the UK prime minister, when she says, you know, the scroll general, um, that uh, the power has to be quote unquote unchecked. They have to have unchecked power. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I was like, okay, well that's, that's a really obvious, you know, pushing out front here that, you know, you know, with the old trope of, you know, power corrupts, right. You know, and, and un- unchecked power, you know, we'll, we'll definitely do that. So we're, we're setting, they're setting it up for some drama and conflict, obviously. And yeah. and also um, when she says that, what, what I thought of was that, you know, there's this council is very much a human construct, right? Mm-hmm. She says mm-hmm. unchecked power. This is what mm-hmm. they're used to. Emperors, mm-hmm. you know, people who make decisions uh, like that. Yeah. Right. right, that's a you good know, point. No, no back talk, no negotiation. This is what we're going to do. This is this how yeah. we go. So I, I felt that was what she was saying in that moment that we've become too human. Um, okay. So we need to go back to our roots and be. So what I have to say this: this sh- talking all of this through, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's all these things that on a surface watching the show, I'm like, ah, eh, it's just another MCU show. Eh. 
but there's actually a lot going on here. So <laughs> yeah, there's a there is so. yeah yeah. That's really it's, it's it's a good one to dissect on a podcast. I think uh, for um, sure. very good, very good podcasting material. Uh, but yeah, I also found it interesting. You know, on the human fronts, like when um, uh, was it Sergio says to Gravik, better to behave as a human than a dog, and Gravik says, Gravik says I prefer dogs, and says humans lie, lock each other up, pimp each other out, poison each other, and destroy their own habitat. But I'm like, are scrolls not like doing exactly those same things right here? Um, I don't know. I love Shirley is definitely my voice on this council. You know, she's like, this is a naive reading of human history. I'm like, you go, Shirley. <laughs> but it, it serves his purpose, right? Mm-hmm. It serves his purpose. To, I guess to, so. Right, bias. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Bias. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm going to exactly. interpret my this history the way that I that, that I serves do. my needs. Mm, exactly. Interesting. Exactly. Where have we heard that before? Exactly. Right? I mean, yeah. Gravik's striking me as a. A little on the sociopathic end. He shows no remorse the entire episode. Um, And I don't know. I don't know how tightly he hews to the truth, you know? Like, I don't know what his relationship is with... There's a line later, too, where one of the characters says, you know, oh, our our leader is not always right. Mm. Um, So we'll get to that when we get there. But yeah, so they're they're dropping some hints that Gravik isn't a, a perfect leader. Right. Exactly. That there's doubts. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And he also claims to like, unlike the last war, each of us around this table fought in, I want to win. But wasn't he a child when they fought that he war? Was. Yeah. That's the way they so set it up, right? Yeah. So I'm wondering. He, he escaped and piloted a ship and that was the whole, uh, the whole speech that Fury got or the speech, whatever, you know, the, the comment. But by, it, it, not a child in, in the way that we think of children. Sure. Okay. Right. right. Fair. Yeah. So Doesn't she even him, say that? She even so says he that. Fought, to, to Fury. You mean? Yes, he could have fought. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Right. Okay. And she even says to Fury, "Yeah, your." She says something to the effect of, "Your concept of a child is not up. Uh, does Honest. not apply here." Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he says humans will kill themselves if if we don't kill them. And I wish I uh, (laughs) didn't see the honest, the truth in that. Um, And he says he's ready for the Avengers, which we're going to definitely get into once uh, Mm. Gaia is looking at a certain computer files. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yes, yes. I definitely (laughs) took note of that and the machine that we're going to see. So, yeah. And we get um, we get our second promise of the Mm. promises episode. He says, put your faith in me and I promise it will be repaid. Uh, John, isn't that exactly what Fury said? That's exactly what Fury said. <laughs> it's exactly he learned what it from him, said. right? He learned yeah. from the best, right? He learned yeah, from exactly. the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Would you guys are you guys worried for Shirley? Like Gravik let her go, but do you think it's just to track her? No. I would be surprised if a, a leader with Gravik's cunning isn't going to have her monitored in some way. She may be safe and then he could, you know, use her for mm-hmm. a, as a disinformation channel or, you know, to as a counterbalance to certain things. So, yeah, I don't think she's I don't think her life is in danger, but I don't think that she's going to be um uh not watched. I am sure he's definitely going to put watchers on her at, at a minimum, at a minimum. I mean, she doesn't even, she just walks right outside and then immediately Gosh. calls Talos. Right. So exactly. <laughs> like, okay. But he knew yeah. that. He, he knew that's what yeah. she was going to do. And that's that, what I mean I, by he, yeah. he could use her as a tool. Yeah, in some way. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't think he'll, he'll kill her either. Um, 
because you know she she's part of a very a small cadre of, of very important scrolls you know vis's you know and yeah. it's, <laughs> and it's um, yeah so he, i don't think he'll he'll kill her because that might set off a a, a reaction either. that he doesn't want to have you know right. do we know so, what her position is within human society no no they just okay. gave us her name yeah so that's, so, that's yeah. going to be a reveal, I think. And suddenly just pop yeah. the, the secretary general or, you know, whatever. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and Gaia, she looked a bit troubled seeing her leave. So I, I, again, like, but I found this interesting. You know, I had a lot of questions. What's going through Gaia's mind as she's kept out of this meeting and she sees first Shirley leave, like, while everyone else is standing up pledging their scroll loyalty. And then, you know, um, Gravik just sweeps out past her without even looking at her, like... Mm, I don't know. Very, yeah. very interesting, uh, complex relationship between those two. Something's happening. Um, Something's going on. And yeah, Talos, uh, he requests a meeting with Gravik to talk about his daughter. So I assuming we have that to look forward to next episode. And um, he says, yes, he's changed, but me too. How do you, David, how do you think um, that, Gra- uh, sorry, that Talos thinks that he has changed? I could. I didn't know what to take with that um, that comment because we've only seen. I've only got what we've seen on screen in two episodes, and he's. I mean, there's a a change potentially from the way that he's been pushed by Fury, um, but I don't know where to place that comment uh, in a in a larger context for how. He, I mean, his his daughter's at risk. His his species is at risk in a species on species war on Earth, which I think the scrolls would probably win uh, ultimately. Um, and and now his main ally and friend has pushed him out. So how has that changed him? I don't know yet. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't seen the evidence of that change yet. I mean, the funny thing with him is that, like, uh, in a show where I'm expecting everyone as scrolls and seeing everyone like having a shift in their behavior, he's the one character I know is a scroll, and I think is exactly the same as he's always been. What do you think, Sean? Um, I think I think he he has changed. Uh, yeah, yeah. His wife is gone, right? Yeah, his true. wife has been killed. Um, his daughter, you. his daughter has you know uh, skewed everything that he's ever you know wanted um for her right um and when he when he says that the the first thing i thought of was when fury um in the last episode killed the um the dealer when gravic told him no and, right and he 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 looked at fury and he was like yeah i told you i had it don't don't not to do that right in that moment when he said i've changed too i thought he was like yeah if I have to kill Gravik, I will. And okay. it's not something that uh, he's been willing to do up to this point. It's to, you know, kill a, a, another of his right. own. Another scroll, right. right. So maybe that's what maybe he that was talking bombing about. Changed exactly. him. Oh, that's a, that'd be an interesting point. Yeah, I'm willing to, to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Where Gravik is willing to do that, obviously, because Sauron right. is there. Yes. Yeah, right. it's done at the end of right. the episode. Yeah. So he's like, Yeah, you you've done that and that's changed me. So mm. yeah, I think we'll see if that if that ultimately um plays out. Yeah. Well, yeah, when we get back to New Scrollos, um, Gravik's getting applause. Do you think 
Are they applauding the bombing or are they applauding his promotion? Because both are worrying, but the first one's even more worrying. Both. I I took it. I certainly took it as as his promotion. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't see any bombing stuff, and then, but yeah, yeah, it could be. But yeah, I've I've really felt that it was that you know his his rise. It's a little less disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> And then, yeah, speaking of pausing on people, they pause again on uh, this uh, Kriego, who's a scroll, was a super scroll candidate from the comics. Um, and now we, we saw her, it's a female in this version, we saw mm-hmm. her um, in the last episode briefly, and now they take a moment for him to say yes. to her, without you, this wouldn't be possible. So right. I'm like, okay, yep. this character is going to be important. <laughs> and it wasn't even just a... a, a, a when yeah, when an actor speaks on a show, they get a certain. It's different, right? They get a different. Uh, they're a different right. status, and it's but you in the before times, before our current strike, they would get paid for that, right? It gets a different pay rate, and so to right. have this uh, background character come up and say something, or did she even say anything, or did he just speak to her? So he spoke um, to her. But I don't. I, I can't remember. She, she I think said she something. Sa- I don't know if she said no. thank you or just nodded. But I think yeah. she nodded. Yeah. But anyway, the point I, I'm just backing up your point, yeah. Alicia, is that they they did take a moment, and that, as you yeah. say, if they don't, if they do that, it means something. They're, they're yeah. it's not just a throwaway. Yeah, and then uh, and then we see Gravit go whisper in his number two Pogan's ear, and uh, he then Pogan goes into the back room and talks to who we learn is Doctor Rosa Dalton, who's there with her Doctor Dalton husband, and. Mm-hmm. They're complaining, again, no harvest, back to scavenging. Our DNA selection remains extremely limited. Uh, we were told this phase would be over. Keep being given locations and coming up empty. Um, so we, we learned, you know, yeah, they're scraping some extraordinary DNA. But where do you think they're getting these location tips from? Mm, what do you think, Sean? I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to say because, you know, it, it's... I, I, I kind of think that because of the scroll and the Kree and Marvel and Avengers and all of these things, there are so many characters that could be at play here that it's going to be interesting to see if any of them come to fruition. I don't want to pull out names because right. there are things that we know that are coming along in the MCU that this show could directly lead to. So yeah. Let's let's hold off and, and see if they actually give us like a a, a, a name to, mm-hmm. to say okay now we know where this is going because there are several that I can think of right now but yeah. again I I kind of want to see it play out. I mean I'm thinking you know we were joking that the entire U.S. government is scrolls so <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's not the U.S. government any, any one of those or. Or maybe a certain <laughs> roadie. Um. <laughs> maybe maybe it's a it's another another actor, another state actor here. That's not Russia. No. That's not the U.S. That's looking mm. at the situation that's going on in the last ten years and saying, you know, I better you know protect mine. And what better way to protect mine than to take these two powers down? Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, and this is also where we get that line you brought up, our fearless leader isn't always right. And the yeah. doctor says, perhaps I misheard you. Yeah, um, she's challenging his and, and yeah. loyalty, right? And we get a whole conversation yeah. later about loyalty. Yeah. 
I have to wonder this 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 Pogan guy does like does he seems like he has a contentious relationship with absolutely everyone. Like, does he have anyone on his side? What is his? Mm. Well, he's still being entrusted to some degree. So yeah, definitely. You know, he's still yeah. being useful. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he wants to be um, supreme leader. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and guy is spying while all this happens. And then they put like, they put their DNA samples in this light up ball. I don't know. I guess we're supposed to just be like magic science. That is magic I, science. One thing I noticed <laughs> in the in the rendering when the ball lit up, mm-hmm. the light just before it got really bright and it was hard to see, there was a digital pattern. So it was like the okay, ball yeah. was had circuitry in it. So mm-hmm. and that made me think of all of the you know pin particle stuff and uh, you know quantum verse things right. and you know the, uh, so that there's something going on with this. I have a theory about what this is, uh, but uh, you know who knows? I'm not an expert like you guys, so I'm what's not picking it, what, up all the. What's your theory? What's your theory? Well, super soldier stuff and being able to okay. take uh, powers from the Avengers. Uh, that they're trying to get the DNA from maybe in a fight, you know, Tony got his, you know, face smushed against a uh, (laughs) pavement sidewalk somewhere. And if you could scrape up some of that DNA, couldn't the scrolls then um, extract and enhance that, you know, a la Jurassic Park. And then somebody couldn't, and they showed us in, in episode one where they were taking somebody at a degree beyond just their physical form, but, getting deeper in, in some way. Uh, yeah. so that, that's where it's all leading. And then of course, you know, we had the line drop by, um, uh, um, uh, graphic earlier saying that I'm having, of course I've prepared for, I'm you know preparing for the Avengers, but in good, uh, mustache twirling, uh, comic book, uh, bad guys, you know, is he overconfident? Is he mm. pushing too far too fast? Is his plan? He has a plan, but it's not quite ready yet. So, Certain events are overtaking other events. So, you know, it, it seems all to me that the evil genius always has a flaw. And I, I can see that some of the flaws might be being presented here. But I, I do um, get suspicious whenever a character in the show asks to call in the Avengers, because then, like, I'm thinking about that, you know, like, are they are they looking to get some DNA samples from up close? Like, <laughs> That's a good point too. I hadn't thought about that. Actually, get some Avengers uh, here. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the, and that the TV show is referring to the Avengers and the blip. That's all very interesting too. It's uh, well, yeah, because now we're officially within the MCU. So yeah, right. and it's and yeah. and again as a it to actually see that actually taking place yeah. is you know in a, it's nice to see them tied in an average yeah. show, right? This is not yeah. a yeah. yeah, yeah. So speaking of scrolls, Rhodey, no, I'm sorry, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we see Rhodey at a hearing and we see Europe switching allegiance from the U.S. to Russia. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is not the part they rewrote after the war started. Like, <laughs> um, That's the I, most unbelievable thing. I have, I often too. I often have a problem when we see these sort of multinational council hearing type situations and, and the stuff I, in, in past work, I've been around the edges of some of that stuff. And this just rings so bad, badly written and badly acted. You don't people don't give away facial. Slovakia doesn't roll their eyes like that. Yeah. You know, and and this fist pounding, you know, near about near fist pounding. Well, 
general, why yeah. are you, you know, uh, yeah, it, this it, was ham fisted. This was definitely for TV. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was definitely yeah. for TV. Yeah, this was a scene that I had the most problem with. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, I mean, just it was also yeah, just the whole like I didn't get this whole like carpet bombing their ass joke that they made twice. I'm like, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. What's, yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, is this unless this is like supposed to show that they're scrolls? I don't get it. Um, yeah, and but we we see Rhodey blaming Fury and Hill, which will make me even matter if she's actually dead. <laughs> um, and we see, yeah, we see him playing with a gold pen. That could be just like a cinematography thing, but I wonder if we're going to see that gold pen, pen uh, show up, up again up. later. And we see an empty chair next to him. He's looking at, so I'm guessing, do you guys think that means the president was supposed to come? I think so. I think they alluded to that fact. Yeah. Okay. And then he was like, well, you know, he's the president. He's busy. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't, no. Even though they have all the leaders of their right. nations there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, if Rhodey is a scroll, he doesn't seem to be on Team Gravic. Um <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah. That this is would be my chief counterpoint is is that he's not playing well, why, you know, he's not playing the, the same game. So that would be really fourth dimensional shit chess stuff. Yeah. I mean yeah, I think that's, uh, I mean, I, I think, I still think, yeah, my, my friend Brett said he's the scrolliest scroll that ever did scroll. And now that's not <laughs> in my head. <laughs> Can't stop thinking that. But but I think that if he is, though, then indeed there's, maybe there's even more than just two factions. Like we're just thinking mm. Gravik and Talos. But mm. what if there's, you know, more nuance at play there? Interesting. Um, Talos said yeah. there's a million scrolls on Earth. Yeah. Right. That's, they, yeah. They it's all not can be like, fall into these two baskets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I also found it shady of him that he says, uh, we can't take these Russian photos at face value, but we can analyze them at their facility in Langley. Right. Um, which is, yeah, that's when Slovakia rolls her eyes. But <laughs> that just sounds, again, like in the very next scene, he's accusing Nick Fury of, you yes. know, you just want to do this as a one man show. Yes. But that's kind of what he's saying. Yeah. The exact same thing that he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I also have some questions about, so we learn in the next scene that Fury outranks Colonel Rhodes, but what, where does Fury fit into, because then by the end of the scene, Rhodey fires him. So what is the hierarchy here? I think um, Rhodey could not have fired him if he did not get the okay from the president. Yeah. So, and, and that way, like that's, He's like Nick Fury has carte blanche yeah. to do what he wants, right? And just update folks. Rhodey has yeah. to get permission to do what he wants. Yeah. 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 And um, I mean, they have the the great conversation that you've already uh, talked about, but he also says some other things that are setting off alarm bells. If, like, before you say anything, all right, mm -hmm. given mm -hmm. that great conversation, mm -hmm. if he turns out to be a scroll, oh my Lord. <laughs> but then but then when he says when he says like our common ancestry, what does if he turns out to if be a scroll? If he turns out to be a scroll. What does oh that mean? My lord. If these he's talking about their common ancestry. Um but he's saying things like I like they're talking about his uh bodyguards and he's saying, I know they're catching bullets first if I get shot at. Like, whoa, like where <laughs> I, I don't know. I just always thought of Rhodey as like you know, no nonsense character, but one with a heart. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that's that's a good point. That's interesting. 
I, I, I think that we forget who Rhodey is. He's a soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he may have been he may have been Tony so Stark's callous. best friend, but he's a soldier right now talking to another soldier. Mm-hmm. I know they're catching bullets first. If I get shot at, I don't know. Yeah, I, just, I can't I be Rhodey. I I I Pretty don't. Callous. I don't. Yeah, well, I don't, I, I, well, here, Jean, if he is a soldier, and this is a you know we, we often talk about the mystique of of an esprit de corps. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you fight for because, you know, the man next to you is fighting for you or, you know, the soldier next to you is fighting for you, that kind of stuff. So for Rhodey to dismiss his bodyguards as just meat to catch bullets is, as Alicia says, really callous. I think he would I'm, have a higher esteem totally, of his bodyguards. Totally agree that it's callous, but yeah. I don't think it's, it's abnormal. Okay. 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 Given right. the tenor um, of the scene and, and who was involved in yeah. the conversation. Okay. Well, the, the, the writers are happy because we're engaged. So. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, he says, we protect this planet by protecting our seat at the That's table. That sounded very American. Mm. That sounded very real to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it goes into the question, too, of race and, <clears throat> you know, having power within the structures. And there's always, you know, this question of, oh, can you make more change by pushing from the outside or can you make change from you know, right. making change on the inside. And then the right. outside people always point fingers at the inside people. Well, you're co-opted now and you don't have any, you don't really have any power. And, you know, the, there's a whole conversation there. Yeah, and exactly. so I, I really liked the the nuance of yeah. his thing um, as well as being, you know, a, a nationalistic thing. It also has sociological uh, implications. Absolutely. Yeah. I also find it interesting they gave a shout out to uh, Robert Redford's character in The Winter Soldier. And he mm-hmm. says, the mediocre Alexander Pierce's who run this world. Yeah. That's my favorite line of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite line of the episode. Probably my favorite line in, in an MCU movie, TV show mm-hmm. in a while. That's nice. my favorite line. Yeah, Just a throwaway takedown. <laughs> love that. Yeah. And, um. Yeah, and then we said he fires Fury and tries to ship him off. And then this is what I find uh, really interesting, you know, in light of the com- the scrolly scroll conversation we've had, um, is Fury says to him, are you seriously under the impression that just because you strip me of my titles, uh, I will relinquish b- yeah. my DNA? Yeah, that was a weird line, wasn't it? Yeah. Relinquish my mean? DNA. What does that mean? So it's a double entendre. Oh, very interesting. Is he talking about literal strip me of my DNA so you can clone me? Or is he talking yeah. about my blackness? Right. Yeah. Right. And or, it reads both ways very, very strongly. It, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or like if, if I mean, I, last week I was all, they're pointing too hard at Fury being a scroll. Maybe now they've got me a little bit. Um, but I'm like, okay, is he like, going to make whatever the scroll is beneath stop being fury somehow or does that mean by strip me by dna um, uh, or does this have to do with like his quote-unquote death in winter soldier mm-hmm. yeah. right when he's uh, the dna is such a weird i i it's, it's a so weird, weird statement it's a weird thing to say yeah. yeah so we don't know but I, I i was leaning on because of the tenor of the conversation more of his blackness, right? Are you going to strip mm, yeah. me of, of of who I am, mm-hmm, right? And yeah. Even in the in the series itself, because scrolls, you know, take on people's personas, and you know, they become you. 
can you really be me? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So there's so many ways that line could be taken, which is why it's a great line. Well, and then it and it echoes to the secret scientists doing stuff, you know, samples right. and, and whatnot. Exactly. So they're yeah, they're they're laying a lot of track for, for stuff to happen. And and one more thing, the Alexander Pierce line, we have to remember Alexander Pierce was Hydra. Hiding right. in plain oh, sight. Oh, I right. forgot about that. Hiding in plain sight. Right. Interesting. The enemy that is right there and you don't know. Right. Very interesting. The enemy who you think is your friend. Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, I think maybe it's time for another quick break. And then um, uh, I just before we do that, though, can we just talk about this line? I'm Nick Fury. And even when I'm out, I'm in. <laughs> I've been trying <laughs> to make a joke out of it somewhere in my <laughs> mind for this whole show, but I, I just can't. And on one hand, it is so Nick Fury. And on the other hand, it was a really stupid line to me. It just landed like a <laughs> lead weight for me. Uh, but at the same time, I look back at it and I go, well, yeah, that's Nick Fury. That's what's going on. That's a great line to me because it's, that's so, the it's one so Nick Fury. I've been see- that's the one I've been seeing memed most for. Is this it? Episode. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Pretty funny. Okay, well, let's uh, take a break and then we'll come back and finish up the episode. And we're back. Okay, uh, Alicia, you want to finish off the episode? Uh, yeah, well, now it's finally Sonia time. So I don't know about anybody else, but I was waiting for her all episode, and uh-huh. she did not disappoint. <laughs> Olivia She's, Coleman. Yeah, Olivia Coleman. She's literally swoops killing into, it. <laughs> literally, literally killing it. <laughs> she swoops into the butcher shop and says, uh, and the butcher says to her, that door was locked. She says, yes, and now the door is unlocked. What does that tell you about me indoors? <laughs> Have Jesus. Have either of you guys uh, watched The Crown at all? No, I haven't. Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, she's such a different character here, of course. So yeah. she's very, like, talk <laughs> about a range of, of, of acting yeah. roles. So I think it's great. Yeah, yeah, because she plays the queen, in, the queen in The Crown. And, yeah. and uh, this, like, she really gets to let her personality show. And she was also... Um, uh, it was also so she was also in the favorite, which is it's yeah a really great like historical drama. You know, yeah, I miss that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just a really uh, charismatic right actress. Right. Yeah, right. But yeah, so she tells the butcher she's uh, knowing who she is is above his pay grade, and she picks up some shears to bring to the torture party in the meat locker in the back. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so and she hands over a phone call and. The guy there, he speaks some Russian, and then Sonia takes over the whole situation. Um, who do you think was on the phone? Well, I don't even know who she's working for. I'm confused about her role. Is she? She's uh, MI6, so she works for the British government. She's MI6. Okay, so she's a government. Okay. All right. But yeah, so apparently she is someone who in Russian can just like tell people who work for the Russian government, presumably, right. uh, that she gets to just take over the torture party. <laughs> I, I think the obvious call would be, you know, a graphic type, you know, but she, then you're like, wait, does, does she work for graphic or, or who does she work for? Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a big question. Um, yeah. who's in charge of the American government, right? Who, who could have that kind of sway? Um, really? Yeah. A scroll or a human who's on the other end. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't have any clues. I mean, we, we know the UK crime minute, prime minister is a scroll. So, right. so that's who, that's yeah. who's our boss ultimately. A scrub yeah, exactly. is our boss. It's 
Because yeah. whatever right. she finds out, she, you know, her her agency reports back to the the PM to a scroll, right? Who we already know the PM is compromised, um, right? So I, I just thought that she called, you know, her her counterpart in in, in Russian um, intelligence, right? Um, okay, who yeah. took took precedence over this guy who's in the meat locker is like, yo, get out. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Because it's interesting that, you know, uh, her boss is ultimately one of the scrolls who sent the guy who now Sonia is taking over torturing. Absolutely. And she cuts off his finger and it turns into a scroll finger. Like, okay, here we go. (laughs) Right. And so she's not a scroll. Like, is that telling us that she's not? Um, Not necessarily. Yeah. Unless she's a different faction of scroll is she uh <laughs> yeah there we go so the writers are are laughing they're having a good time uh, i don't think she's a scroll right i don't think she's a scroll i kind of hope not in some way but i also think like you know, i don't want everybody to be a scroll because that would be right. just cheap yeah i don't think she's i feel like she's playing layers like i think you know like that whole thing i was saying in the first episode i feel like she was faking that conversation for nick's recording device mm-hmm. like i i think she's on to more than she Let's all agree. Agreed. But then again, I think the same thing about Nick Fury. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, um, I definitely, she's not on my scroll meter, on my scroll list. She's not, mm. she's not on my list. Uh, John, do you have any thoughts about what she injects into uh, Bogan? Not in the, yeah, that, not that, in the arm, but in in the butt, rather yeah, cheeky of her. Um, <laughs> a scroll. Uh, 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 I mean, is that a way to detect scrolls, or is that a way just to torture people, regardless of your physiology? Yeah. You know what I mean. Which exactly. Iron Man was it with Pepper Potts and Extremist? Uh, the the third, third one. Um, the third, right? Uh oh! Looks like we've got a secret invasion happening here. It's uh, John, or is he a scroll? Or I don't know. Trying to make jokes out of this. <laughs> John, you'll have to stick to around. The- to the end of the season to find out if I am a scroll or not. <laughs> right. <laughs> Welcome least, for the at least, uh, at least this time we see you both in the same place. So. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, That's now true. we're both scrolls. So, <laughs> yeah. John, we were just talking about um, Olivia Coleman torturing a poor scroll uh, foot soldier in a meat you locker. Had some, in the meat locker. Did you have some uh, uh, deep insights on the uh, torture scene you wanted to share with us? Well, I loved that she was the same upbeat person as she was in The Bear this season. (laughs) And yet it was like that character from The Bear was also a secret torturer. (laughs) That was uh, a really excellent transition for me. Um, I really liked they revealed they did a little bit of world building here with you cut off a piece of a scroll and it will turn back into scroll. Like you will know mm-hmm. uh, if you cut off the finger and it yeah, turns back into scroll, that's how you know that it's a person. You don't necessarily have to kill them. And then I just I just loved her delivery of everything. Like, oh, the other way, you know, and the escape hatch, mm-hmm. how she was just prepared. She knew she was going to have to bounce out of there real quick. And uh, yeah, I mean, just everything about her performance was excellent. And I'm, I'm so happy she's on the show. Totally agree. Totally agree. And I, yeah. and, and like you said, she was prepared. And I, I'm so happy that they showed that. This is not somebody who's fumbling and bumbling around. She knows what she's doing. She's been at this for a long time. And um, yeah, she's got her bases covered as far as, as we know so far. And it's really um, a good portrayal. I, 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 yeah. Yeah, I love, I love her character, actually. Is she she's an established character? Uh, no. No. She's not. No. But 
but she's a descendant of an uh, established character. character. Yeah. I mean, she okay. early she has a same last name, so we're we're making assumptions. Yes, yeah. interesting, interesting. But yeah, easily my favorite character in the show so far. Agreed. Yeah. And um, yeah, and she with her fun little torture time, she gets Gravic, or she sorry, she gets uh, Brogan to say that Gravic. He keeps everything a secret, but he does seem to be building a machine to make us stronger. And uh, and the science is done by some married couple, Dalton, who's exactly who we saw um, in the previous scene where where Gaia was uh, spying. This and, guy yeah. gives up a lot of secrets pretty quick. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I true. can't tell you. <laughs> well, one thing, one thing we did not hear him say is where the location of the safe house is. Right. We did not hear him say that. But didn't they bust the safe house anyway? They did. <laughs> well, he just um, told them. Oh, did uh, did she tell him? Did well. Yeah, I, I think I I, I, I think I know who told him because I like I said I got some uh, my my own Russian spies to try okay. to help me decipher. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, but speaking of Gaia's spying behavior, she she breaks into well, you know, she just logs into Doctor Dalton's computer. And we, we see her looking through these special DNA samples, and there are yep. some interesting things in there. So we see four DNA samples. Um, we see Groot, who, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, Groot. Um, right, and for a casual probably, fan, that's the one that, you know, I didn't know the, the other man. three, but that was the one that was like, oh, wait a minute, there's something going on here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, and probably they, you know, they said they picked up a sample on Earth, so probably like after the war in Wakanda and Infinity War, that mm-hmm. would be a logical place, some part of him. Oh, and the thing is, the sample was still alive. So like you think about how Baby yeah. Groot was born yeah. out of the previous Groot, like this is kind of like a new Baby Groot who's now locked in their, uh, you know, research. Yeah. Um, and then we have... We had the Frost Beast. So the Frost Beast is from Jotunheim, where, you know, uh, where Loki originally is from, uh, you know, because he's actually really a frost giant. And we saw a Frost Beast was left in London after Thor, the Dark World. Uh, so that's almost certainly the one that they got. Uh, and so the powers that this one has, it's, it's big, fast, and can be frozen. We don't really know mu- as much about the power set. Um, we see Cole Obsidian, which is one of the children of Thanos. And in Infinity War, he lost a hand uh, when Wong closed a portal on it. And yeah, his his powers are strength, durability, and healing. Unfortunately, not regrowing limbs like <laughs> like Groot, <laughs> um, because he yeah lost. He ended up replacing his hand with a metal one. Um, and then the fourth file we see is ex- is Extremis, which you already brought up, David, uh, which is that like heat powered thing that does regenerate limbs and also maybe gives you some sort of fire powers uh, that we saw in Iron Man three. And we last, we saw someone who was on it fighting in uh, the fighting scene in Shang-Chi. So yeah, we have some, an interesting collection of powers going on here. So does Feige just have a giant red yarn uh, board in the Marvel offices and they're keeping track of this? Like the fact that it looks like Charlie day. Scream yeah. up all of these little details <laughs> yeah. and and oh this movie this dude got his hand cut off on that movie and and we're gonna connect it to these they're really sweeping up a whole bunch of stuff into the into the collection they are he's probably a, got some sort of MCU Bible right he's yeah. they've probably yes, got some definitely. kind of running document that's like all right here's the status of everybody they got a spreadsheet I'm sure that there's someone who's tasked with like just being the lore master yeah 
Speaking of, for $10 a month, you too can be a lore master. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, from from that scene, you know, they're talking about making Super Skrulls, right? To yeah, your right. point, yeah. David. Super Soldiers, yeah. Super Skrulls. Um, so I was expecting, if that were to be the case, to have some sort of hint of the Fantastic Four, with because that's where the Super Skrull first appeared. Um that they didn't have any of those power sets in their computer so far, like that threw me for a loop, especially the, you know, the frost beast. It was just like, Oh, frost beast. Like but, Emma oh, Frost. Well, Emma Frost is a completely different. She doesn't yeah. have, she doesn't have ice powers. Right? I know. She's, she's a mutant. But the thing is, but the other three are like, I mean, there's four characters, yes. one with fire-based powers, one who's, like, strong and durable, and one who can, like, stretch their limbs. And, mm, oh. And, so but then, this is, and then the, the fourth one. Is, and the fourth one is, is not quite fitting in. But. It doesn't fit in. Right. That's, that's, that's what threw me for a loop. So I'm but, like, yeah, yeah, but it could be a false breadcrumb, right? They could, could be, it could be just could enough be. of a little because Groot is for me as a casual fan, I recognize that name, and so I instantly engaged. Um, so maybe you know, maybe they're doing something there is to get our attention, lay some Easter eggs for Fantastic Four. But if you're not into that, then you don't really have to worry. You can just go, oh, I know they're playing with something, and then maybe yeah. the Groot character doesn't become something. At some point in the, in the series, we'll see this all come together in, yeah. in one character, right? So we'll we'll see how they pull it off. But again, it was just like I wanted some confirmation for the you know for the FF. <laughs> but <that's> just, <laughs> but that, I don't think I don't. That think, was just my you know my yeah, own personal. I mean, come on, they can't even cast them yet. I we're know, not getting I know, I know. <laughs> right, but, but right. we're getting a tease. We're getting a tease. Can I bring up something that was in the trailer, or is that considered a spoiler? Which trailer? The trailer for this show. For episode... Not for... I mean, it's something we haven't seen yet. Oh, the season yeah. trailer. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Oh. I mean... I think it's fair. If you don't have insider knowledge or something, I suppose. No, it's not. Yeah. Ins- it's just... It's on the trailer if you watch yeah, the trailer. Yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah. I think that's fair. That's fair game, at, for sure. At one point, we see Gravik's arm yes. extend Groot-like. Oh, I missed that. (laughs) Yeah. But it's specifically like that, you know, tendrils of tree group thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. We'll see. So I'm wondering, but I'm wondering if they're going to like do the super scroll way and like give all four powers to the same character or if they're going to do more like Fantastic Four way and give, you know, each power set maps onto a different scroll. I would hope that they spread it out a little bit it'll be make for it'll yeah. make for a better fight scene <laughs> yeah so you know more combatants in the mix yeah yeah but so yeah so gia gets busted in the middle of this snoopy snooping and uh she's like oh just checking on the new guy you know he's totally loyal and right. uh graphics like about loyalty uh here's <laughs> a random little speech about how i doubt you but i think your father's too cowardly to send you <laughs> um yeah this guy, yeah. <laughs> you, this this graphic. I, I need to know what her motivation is because yeah, this shit right here, boy. I tell you, no, no, I, no. I feel, You're not going to talk like about my father be... like that. I'm, I'm, no, no, no. And I know you killed my mother. 
and you're talking <laughs> bad about my father. Oh, no. Yeah. Something's got to give. Something's got to give. Yeah, I, I feel like her motivations are going to be the center of this. It feels like it. Yeah, the whole story, the linchpin. Oh, no, Nick Fury's here. Oh, oh no, I got to go. I got to run, guys. I'll, if I survive, I'll see you next week. <laughs> Good luck. So now that we just lost our man on the inside, shall we talk about who Gravik's man on the inside might be? Because he yes. says somebody found Brogan. So who do you think's reporting back? Like, it could be someone on the Russian side, or it could be someone connected to uh, Sonia Fallsworth. Hmm. I, you know, there's, there's so many possibilities. It's, it's almost yeah. too hard to guess. Yeah. You know, at, at this stage, unless you're, unless they're dropping specific clues. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's hard to say. Yeah. No, I'm hoping. Yeah. I think that this, these first two episodes were really like laying a lot of the, you know, the tapestry of how things uh, yeah. stand Who's connected right now. to who and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then now we can start like pulling out the strings and seeing right where things go. Yeah. So the, yeah, this leads into the rescue mi- mission where Gravik and uh, Pogan leave Gaia and Beto in the car. So we haven't talked yet about Beto this episode, but he pops back up as, I don't know, he seems to be sort of like a uh, warrior protege. And um, Gaia, she goes back around back to make a phone call in Russian. And this is where I asked a couple of my Russian <laughs> friends for help. <laughs> um, the first one, Lena responded, she was just like, that's not Russian. <laughs> 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 but then she said, she listened to it again. She's like, maybe something, something I need to get to another side. Um, so I don't, so, okay. So that's one interpretation. Now I, I'm going to give more credit to my friend Lita. She was a bit more determined with this. She also started out, she was like, it's difficult to understand because she's mumbling and the accents were uh, really thick, but she went in a, she went in a quiet, dark room and slowed it down and looped it for a while. Oh my goodness. And, well, thank yeah. you for, for the <laughs> extra effort. And um, she said the words she could make out, she thinks they said Red Square, which uh-huh. again is where the bombing happened. Right. right. And uh, she thinks that it ends with get there fast. So Interesting. The I'm house. thinking, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking the, saying the bombers of the Red Square are at the safe house. Get there fast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Um, and I also have a question about like, so Gaia's in this back alleyway, and we also see at the same time Sonya's crawling out of the escape hatch. Where does that come out? And was Gaia there? The like, I'm wondering alley. if there, yeah, could there be any connection between them? Huh. Because then, yeah, next we just see her back in the car with the rest. We don't see what happens after that. Um, and also wonder about, I know her name comes from the comics. It's a different character, but, uh, but I do have to note that it sounds like Gaia as in Earth. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I thought of. Yes. Yeah. It's the first thing I thought of. Yeah. And we also saw her in the last episode. She was reading this, like, how to understand humans book. So I'm wondering <laughs> if she, she's like supposed to be an Earth ally in the end. Right. Um, well, yeah, that's what definitely in the mix for me for watching her, what, where her character arc is and right. what, what's going on. Yeah. And then, yeah, Beto, could that be Beta? Because I don't the know. first I'm, Super I'm Scroll, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they get Brogan out of there, um, Gravik does, and Brogan says he just told lies, which makes me wonder, like, why didn't he? Because, you know, CA torture reports, uh, they show that people will say just anything under torture. So why? I think what he said was honest. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if it was something in the syringe or... 
Yeah, well, yeah. obviously that syringe packed a punch for him, and but then she never promised him um, an exit. No, no. She no, never she said, didn't. you know, I'll make this easy on you, or it'll, I'll, I'll. Here's the antidote. Tell me what you need to know, and here's That's your right. relief. She never, she never gave him any pathway out. He was just in extreme yeah. pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it seems like she must have given him an, a neutra- neutralizing agent because when he was carried out, he was weak from the torture, but right. he wasn't actively having his veins burning. Right. And I have to say, just on a production level too, this torture scene was a little bit the the you know bloody meat hanging on the door that looked very <laughs> That's a fake. It's a lot. It's a lot. And uh, you know, the, no butcher shop hangs a meat on the back of the door like that. I can't imagine. I don't know. I've never been in one in that regard. But usually things are very clean. And uh, this guy didn't look beat up at all. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was a little bit. It was just a little bit uh, on that lower end of the production scale for what you know. Uh, and a lot of the alleyways campy, and the lighting, it feels very, you know, basic television making. No, well, I mean, premiere. but I'm, re- I'm reading into that, that it's like the classic camp from, you know, these old, uh, alien, mm, you know, like okay. V TV shows. Like oh, v, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. a show wow, for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so That's a good no. point. cool. Um, yeah. So then, yeah. So what happens next? Like if Gaia is the one who gave up the safe house, it adds another layer uh, to the fact that, you know, they see the safe house being busted. They assume that Brogan did it. And then, you know, they take him and shoot him. And uh, Gaia, knowing that, like, she basically got him shot if she's the one who gave up the sh- safe house. Mm. And that adds like a whole nother layer to when you watch what's going on with her face. Right. And whether whether or not Gravik realizes that when he's watching Gaia, you right. know, with whatever's going on with her face. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, he noted the escape hatch, too. So yes, he, he, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that might also be giving him an extra suspicion. Um, I don't know where, uh, Jean, where do you think Beto is going to fit into the d- dynamics of this group? Because now we've I, got like Pogan might turn. Gaia doesn't seem to want to be on Gravik's side. Is ba- Beto going to be He's going to be the first one. He's going to be the first um, experiment. Yeah, you think? I think so. Yeah, could be. I think that's do you think it'll leaving. be successful? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't see Which him. powers? I don't see him dying. When Which undergoing. powers do you think he'll get? Wow, I don't know yet. Again, I'm I'm because I'm I'm still flummoxed that it's not the FF. So I'm trying to make. But sense he could of be it. Johnny Storm, right? He could be the extremist. He could be. He could be. He's young enough. He's you know. Yeah, I could see that. You're yeah, I could see that. I, you can make a case for him being you know the Johnny Storm of their you know, yeah. Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. But we'll we'll see. But I definitely think we'll that see. he's going to be um, the first person to undergo uh, the experimentation. Yeah, I, that's probably a good prediction. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we we get the final scene with Wifey. Uh, so we see <laughs> this is the big yeah the big twist for the episode, right? Yeah. Uh, what do you what do you think's going on, uh, David? Uh, he. You know, back in the early days, he fell in love and, uh, you know, they got, they got hooked up. Uh, but he's been away for a while. Uh, he's been up on space, which I, I, hard to, I have to wonder what's going on with this space station because how far away is it? How hard is it for him to get back? 
why isn't he doing a nine to five up on the station? You know, everybody says you've been away. We can't, we couldn't talk to you. So it seems I've got a lot of head scratching about how that dynamic works. Um, At least that's more realistic if it's not, you know, that he's not just shuttling back and forth like it's nothing. Right. Um, but then he did just beam down. So I don't yeah. know, you know, well, he had the spaceship took him. Yeah. Was it a spaceship? Of, okay. I, yeah. Because of Soren's death. Yeah. Right. But I did like the, when she said the picture is incomplete or, or whatever, I thought, Oh, did he forget flowers? What? And then the ring reveal. Right. Was, it's like, Whoa, this is not just a, Hey, you know, yeah. Hey, I was just in the neighborhood that I popped by. This is, is this his home? Did he live here? You know, yeah. you know, is this is this his art on the wall? You know, right? Yeah, right. Um, and ahead, it seems like he wants to hide that he has a real wife, even though he kind of brought it up in Winter Soldier. He did he said his wife. Well, yeah, up. you don't want Nick Fury does not want anybody knowing that he's right got dependence in that way, right? But why wouldn't he, he tell? Because he they could Steve, use her against him. They can't. She's a scroll. Like who's he? Who's he afraid of? She's super powered. She's more powerful than a normal human. Um, she's a warrior, right? So, I don't think he's afraid for her. I think he's a spy, and he <laughs> keeps part of his life, you know, separated, closed yeah. off. Yeah. So enough. you, when he tells Steve. He tells Steve, Steve's like, I didn't know you had a wife. And he's like, yeah, she kicked me out. And he, and then he said, there's a lot of things you don't know about me. Right. That's, you know. That's, that's normal. This is normal. Normal spy thing. stuff. Yeah. He's just yeah. compartmentalizing his, his whole existence. His life. Yeah. He gives you what he feels you need to know in the moment. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to tell you he's married. He has a wife. His wife is an alien. He's not going to do all, <laughs> any of that stuff. Right. So you assume he knows that she's a scroll because some people are questioning that. Oh, he knows. Yeah, I think because he they did the the green. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, forehead, yeah. The, the whole. Oh that. wait, when he came in at the end, did they do it again? Yeah. No. Uh, oh. they, did they? they? Did it in the no, game? they they kissed. They kissed. Yeah. No, but they they. Did they the, did it at the beginning, yeah, yeah. But does he know it's the same? I think I think he he knows, knows it's the same person. Yeah, yeah. he knows because yeah. Like that's what, and that's the other thing about why he's so motivated in some ways. This is my, yeah, it may, it conflicts his motivations. Yeah. You know, because then he's, he's telling like, scroll. he's telling Talos, we don't need your people here except my wife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, <is laughs> Which then goes back into real world politics yes, of, yes, yes, yes. And yes. at least I, it, what it made me think of was interracial marriage. And the the threat mm-hmm. to interracial marriage, which currently exists in the court systems today, and you know, there's all of that complication. So he's doing this on one hand, but at the same, yeah, it's it's a really it's a really uh, who said onion earlier. This is the show is a real yeah. onion uh, with yeah, its I, politics and storytelling. You know, again, like like you guys are saying, is it's just that he is so deeply enmeshed in scroll culture mm-hmm. right for him to to turn around at, at talos and say there's not enough space for you guys here <laughs> oh man right? <laughs> that is just so rich it i mean it's something else um that black folk have been dealing with mm-hmm. in america mm-hmm. 
for 500 years. Mm. We like you, but we need you. <laughs> but if you go back, because there ain't nothing, not enough space over here for all of us. Right. It's the exact well, same yeah. trope. It's the exact same bullshit. I'm. You see the same thing happening with immigrants in the U.S. of uh, of yes. all types. You know yes. that often it's the shut the door behind you ideology, where you know mm-hmm. people are like, it was hard for me to get here, hard for me to establish my life, and now I don't want just like a flood of new people coming in behind me and jeopardizing everything. Or, yeah. It's a yeah conversation around scarcity. There's not enough to mm, go around, yes. and if you take if you take what what uh, I know that you are owed then the, that's going to compromise me somehow. So I can't give right. you, I can't give you that. It's a, it, we always think in the terms of like, everything has to be a, a slice of, you know, a pie rather than a expanding the pie. pie. We're fighting over right. the slices. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And Nick is he's definitely fighting for a slice. And to yeah. the point. Yeah. The, it, w- and ironically, not, I don't know how to, that's not the right way to say this, but to the point that, they filled in swimming pools so black folk couldn't use the swimming pools after desegregation, right? right? You know, they closed right. down the municipal right. facilities. Cut your nose to spite your face. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're just not going to swim. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we're going to have a country club that's private and costs right. a, a boatload right. of money. Right. Um, and then we're going to make it aspirational so that even, you know, poor folk of other, right. you know, races uh, can aspire yeah, to it. it but aspirational trickle down you yeah know, all this stuff works yep yeah. all right okay yeah. <laughs> uh, no i couldn't believe that you know I, I went to school in the u.s growing up and i couldn't believe i was legitimately taught trickle down economics and it wasn't until i went to college where i was like wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> oh man um, so yeah it, it's whew. rich coming from yeah. all everything that nick has done in this episode or everything that he said the way he's behaved has belied the fact that he is so immersed and in, in his being is intertwined mm. with the he with the scrolls. Would he even be Nick Fury without the scrolls? Oh, that's a good question because mm. it, his whole career jump started from that fact, that's right? That's true. Would he be Nick Fury without? Yeah, the no. And he's very interesting. Him, you got to go. But we, at least we know who the um, someone else is. Maria was referring to last episode in their meeting. Yeah. She said, "You came back for yes. wasn't didn't you come back for someone else?" Well, yes. I'm really guessing well. that's Vara Priscilla, whatever we're calling her. What if they have a child? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Can is in that the possible? Comics, can you Nick, have as a Nick Fury Jr.? Okay, but is can they be part half scroll, half human? I well, guess so. Yes, they can. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So there's enough DNA. Absolutely. To make it viable. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Speaking of the comics. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, uh, so I guess that brings us to the, the episode uh, close. Alicia, thank you again for doing the notes. Um, this is this episode. Uh, comics Corner. So if you are any reason you don't want to uh, do the comics, uh, I guess skip ahead a little bit. I don't know. How deep did you are? Are we should we be giving a general spoiler warning here, or what's our what's our policy? It's, it's not spoiling ahead, right? John? No, it's not spoiling just, ahead. Okay, no, it's just talking about stuff we've already seen. Just connective tissue with the comics. Yes. Okay, cool. And then right after this, we'll have our uh, we'll talk a little bit about Patreon and and uh, programming schedule. 
Okay, so we first have Emperor Dorek, who's mentioned. Yep. Right? And we have Jogi, who is also mentioned um, as the current emperor yeah. of the Skrull Empire post the destruction of Skrullos. Um, you wanted to say something, Alicia? No, I was just, yeah, I was going to say they mentioned, like, so in the comics it was Emperor Dork, but then they say Drogue in this, and in the comics Drogue is the guy who, isn't he the guy who, like, the scientist who made the Super Scrolls? Yes, so Drogue in the comics, um, he is the head priest of the sciences, of the sciences and Skrull okay. um, culture. So he was not the person who made the first Super Scroll. But mm. he is the person who made the Super Skrulls who were integral to the Secret Invasion um, comic book story in 2008. So in the comic books, there's a group called the Illuminati made up of Mr. Fantastic, Iron Man, Black Bolt, Namor, um, Professor X, Doctor Strange. Um, like we saw them in Multiverse of Madness. Yes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. They went to Skrullos. Um, to let the scrolls know never to invade the earth. Um, if they invaded the earth, um, the superhero community of, of earth would take them out, defeat them. As they were leaving Skrullos, they were captured and they were studied genetically. This is what allowed um, the scrolls when they invaded earth proper um, to have, you know, facsimiles of different superheroes that, uh, um, scientific experimentation that they did on that group of heroes that went to Skrullos. So Drogi in the comics is not the emperor, right. which is okay. interesting that they make him the emperor in the show where in the comics, he was actually the one responsible for the secret invasion um, being successful. Uh, yeah. Secret Invasion 2, right? This is the comic story that came out this year, which has a lot of parallels to what's going on in the show. Um, the first thing I want to say, in this Secret Invasion 2, Nick Fury is replaced by Skrulls. Um, Maria Hill, she used to be the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. She was kicked out from S.H.I.E.L.D. and she's just a C, she's not just, she's one of the um, top CIA agents um, in the MCU, in the Marvel um, comic book universe. Uh, she finds out about it, and then she goes to let everyone in the superhero community know that the Skrulls are attempting to take over yet again. Um, they don't know, but when she's telling them, there is a member of the Avengers who has already been replaced by the Skrulls. They find out, um, and... That's what leads into the further comics. We won't talk about that right now. <laughs> okay. Um, also, what's important is that in the comic in 2023, you see the scrolls have taken over particular sites across the United States, nuclear mm -hmm. bases. Okay. Which is totally in line with what's going on with the show. Um, wanting to start a nuclear war in order to take over the earth. Mm -hmm. And the reason that they're doing this 
is because of the promise that was not kept in right. the original right. secret invasion story. Right. The scrolls were promised the earth. It was prophecy. They said the earth would be their new homeland. That is what they were told as a people. Oh, interesting. They came here because they were promised this new homeland would be theirs. That did not happen. The scrolls in Secret Invasion 2 point to this fact and say, you guys, they promised us this. We were told that this is where we would be. This is where we belong. This is, would be our home. It didn't happen. It was a failure. So now we have to make this a reality, which is totally in line with what's going on with the show. Right. Right. Okay. Um, now, you mentioned before uh, about that, yeah, Tony Stark is involved in the the comic book storyline of this. Yes, yes. Um, and, yeah, I think that this show just can't afford a Robert Downey Jr. cameo. <laughs> <laughs> so, my, so my question is for you, like, but he has a, a really interesting storyline that we want Yes, he does. Uh, but do you think... Do you think someone else like Rhodey or Nick Fury could be filling in on on the Tony aspect? Yes, I do. Yeah, and I think it's Rhodey. Yeah, I don't think Rhodey's a scroll, not in the okay. way that we think. In the right. in the in the comic book, Tony is working with a select group of scrolls who he's given um, leeway to be around the world to act as another Iron Man. Right. So mm-hmm. he's training them and he's putting them out into the field to do superhero work as Iron Man because he realized that he can't be everywhere all at once. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I think Rhodey, he already told us that he knows 15 years ago that this girl's right. 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 I really think Rhodey is working with a group of so scrolls internally. Yeah. So that would line up possibly then with, um, uh, sorry, what's uh, uh, Sonia, Olivia Coleman's character? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that there, there's a, um, maybe there's something there. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And maybe the Russian government has a unit as well that's uh, sort of aware. And that's what, where how she was able to override the guy in the torture. Well, the scene. thing is, though, what I, what I feel is that because of in, in the second um, Secret Invasion uh, story, no one outside, no one knew when Maria, when Tony tells Maria Hill, she's the first person to know what he's doing. So I think it's very contained. And in that way, I also believe that the show will have it very contained. Not that every geopolitical power has their group of scrolls working alongside of, mm-hmm. of you know, their human um, agents. But I think it's something that could be very contained. Um, now, Will that come to fruition? I don't know, because there's also a compelling argument to make that Rhodey is, in fact, a scroll. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to have to wait and see if this comes out. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm... I mean, they've, they've got me on my toes because I don't feel, I have predictions like about Rhodey, about Maria, about other things, but I don't feel 100% confident in any of them. (laughs) (laughs) That's where they want you, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're playing me like putty. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and that's it for our um, Comics Corner this week. Okay. We'll see what next week holds. 
Cool. Thanks, Sean. Well, uh, boy, this was a long podcast. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for sticking through. Uh, let's just get through a little bit of business here. Uh, we have a Patreon. Patreon helps uh, support our operations. There's uh, Alicia and I were talking off mic. There's actually a lot that goes on to making podcasts. Um, And uh, we try to take care of everyone as well. And so your uh, support goes to keeping the whole thing rolling along. To our lore masters, which are our top tier Patreon subscribers, Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H, Michael G, Michelle E, David W, Brian P, Nick W, SC, Peter OEH, Bettina W, Adam S, Nancy M, Lavinia T, Duve 71, Brian 8063, Frederick H, Sarah L, Gareth C, Eric F, Matthew M, Sarah M, DJ Miwa, Joyce E, and Andra B. Thank you all so very much for your patronage. Uh, and to thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. We are coming up on our one-year anniversary. Technically, it's July 11th. Uh, we're going to be sending out a very cool thank you gift to everyone who is subscribed at the end of the month. It's a sticker with our original uh, logo from our Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power uh, beginnings. And uh, it has an Elvish handwritten or hand digitally uh, hand-done uh, Elvish inscription in Tengwar that says one year of good history, and we're going to send that to everyone. Uh, we're hoping to break the 100 subscriber barrier. So uh, if you've been considering, uh, if you've been on the fence, now is the time. Um, but I don't want to be sounding like an NPR uh, pledge drive here. So um, if you have any questions, reach out to us. Otherwise, head over to our uh, Patreon at patreon.com slash the lorehounds. Programming notes. July is going to get busy. We had a little bit of lull in June. Um, things are picking up. Uh, but first, Alicia, uh, I wanted to ask you about Woolshift Dust. It's come. We just had the final episode. You're going to be wrapping up your podcast, but I think you've got a few things. Do you want to drop those now? Or right. yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, we're going to be publishing the breakdown of the uh, first. Yeah, the season one finale of Silo shortly after this episode drops, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> and and um and then yeah, there will be a couple bonus episodes uh coming up after that. I, I hope that I hope that uh you guys, Jean, maybe you'd like to join to do like a season wrap up bonus. Um and then yeah, cool. there's uh an, there's another one people are definitely gonna be excited for. And uh we're also going to be starting a by we, I mean me uh, and uh, another host are going to be starting a silo series book club because we don't want to ruin Luke. So it's going <laughs> to be a Patreon uh, series. So watch out in the Woolshift Dust feed for more news about that. I'll be talking about it on the uh, finale breakdown. And um, yeah, there's going to be some more things in store for that feed in the future. Like, uh, for instance, we're going to be doing a Dune retrospective yes. in late summer through the fall. Just looking back on Dune, the the books, the uh, all the adaptations, just prepping for the new film to come out. Awesome. So. One for sci-fi fans and Rebecca Ferguson fans. Right. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. And that's actually a nice tie-in because we have a new podcast in our network called Properly Howard, and that is uh, Anthony and Steve. Uh, they used to have a podcast called Cocoons of Horror, and this has just evolved and then moved over to us. Um, you also might know Maester Anthony from the Electric Boogaloo podcast over on the Bald Move Network. 
he does uh, a book reviews and sort of their lore master for all things George Martin, Song of Ice and Fire related. So he's got a movie review podcast uh, with his buddy Steve, who is a, a standout comic. They just dropped their first episode on Howard the Duck, which has amazing MCU connectivity to it. And they talk about that in that episode. It's a lot. It's a riot. I had a really good, I was laughing. It's a fun episode. I listened to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It was, it was hilarious. Anyway, we, one of the movies that we're going to be covering over there uh, is the Dune movie. And Alicia, I know we got our invites uh, for that. I just watched it again the other day. So definitely check out properly Howard and uh, subscribe and give him some likes, show him some love. Um, yeah. Uh, so n- also for the main Lorehounds channel, we are going to be picking up activities in July. It's going to start to get really busy. We have two live watch events for Patreon for Patreons, our Patreon subscribers. I always get that tongue twisted. So we have a little tradition with our for our Patreon subscribers where we watch uh, a movie that Patreon subscribers get to vote on. And this month, it's uh, some movies that I've picked for John that he's never seen before. And our choices are Kelly's Heroes, uh, The Andromeda Strain from 1971, and The Omega Man, also a 1971 uh, film. So if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can go onto the Patreon page and vote for which movie we're going to watch. That movie, once that poll closes in about three days, we're going to be live watching that movie on our Discord. Again, a Patreon-exclusive benefit, and that's going to be Thursday, July 6th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And then on Saturday, July 15th, time to be uh, announced, but we're going to be watching Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones as part of our uh, all... We're watching all the Star Wars movies in story order, um, and then we're going to podcast about them, but we're going to... Because we got to watch them, so we figure, hey, why not? Uh, why not stream them for everybody to to jump in and watch as well? So those are our two live watch events. Other things this month, we are going to do a coverage of the bear. We are definitely going to do, uh, and that was an amazing. I think that's my top number one show this year, right now, hands down. Nothing is coming close to the bear. Uh, season two was exceptional. Wow. Uh, so John and I are going to talk about that. We have Asteroid City. Uh, Mr. Anthony wants to jump in on that because he's a big um, uh, fan of Wes Anderson. And so is John. So we've got that going. Oppenheimer is in the mix. We haven't got a crew assembled for that yet, but we're probably going to talk about that towards the end of the month. We have Foundation Season 2 on Apple TV starting. We're going to be covering that in full breakdown episodes. And then we have an Ahsoka retrospective for the Star Wars fans. We're getting ready for the um, Ahsoka series uh, coming in, uh, what's that? In August. So, no? August, yeah. Yes. So many dates, so many shows. So we're going to do a little retrospective. John has put together an outline on what you need to know who this character is so um, that you can have some more fun watching that episode. As always, we have Second Breakfast, which is our Patreon-exclusive podcast, and we're going to be doing some special birthday-related uh, activities around that. We're continuing to read um, Wizard of Sea trilogy. We're on The Furthest Shore, part two of that with Marilyn. And then Marilyn's also going to be um, a special guest on our Silmarillion um, podcast, which will be out so at the end of this month. I feel out of breath <laughs> trying to cover all of that. <laughs> it's going to be a very a busy summer. It is. So... Uh, uh, with that, I think we're pretty much done. Um, Jean, any last thoughts on the episode? 
No, um, I think we covered everything um, pretty well. So we'll see you guys next week. Sounds good. Alicia, thank you again. Glad to be here. And we'll see everybody next week. The Lorehounds podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond.